1: God fills the universe. We can't see him. How can I plead my case? There's no daysman. There's no mediator. That's not what Paul said to Timothy. Jesus is the mediator. Jesus is the daysman. Jesus is the go-between between man and God. Jesus is the mediator in 1 Timothy 2 5, for there is one God and mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus.
0: The sinful nature you're born into acts as a separator between you and God. On your own, there's nothing to be done to become worthy for his kingdom. Thankfully, he's offered his son, Jesus. Pastor Dave teaches you today that in Jesus, you're offered a mediator. Through him, you can be seen as worthy by God. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 1 as he continues his message, Come As You Are.
1: He was unreliable, he was hot-tempered, and at some times, he was violent. That was his M.O. To the point where he cut off the ear of Malchus, the servant who was coming to arrest Jesus. He had this fits of temper. But in changing Simon's name, Jesus basically predicted a change in his personality, saying, yeah, Simon, I know, you're pretty unstable right now. There are a lot of things about yourself that you don't know, and you'll discover along the way. But I know that now when you have this firsthand knowledge of me, when you experience all that you can experience, you're going to become a rock. You're going to become a rock. I see your potential, Peter. You, you'll go through many ups. You'll go through many downs. There'll be times when you cry. But in the end, you're going to be my rock. You're going to be a rock. So my question today is, when did Peter become the rock? When did Peter become the rock? The Rock. When did Peter become the Rock? I could tell you when. It's found in Acts one. Actually, it's found in Acts two. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit baptized Peter, when the Holy Spirit baptized Peter and gave him power, when the Holy Spirit came upon them all, and Peter had this great power, and he goes out and he gives this wonderful, beautiful sermon, and three thousand people are saved in one day. That's a rock. From then on, he didn't waver. He still had some problems now and then, but he never wavered from his faith. He never wavered. He became strong. He was the rock. And this should give us so much hope. The hope that we too are going to be changed. Some of us are changed overnight. Others, it takes a while. Others, it's a process that we go through. And we're changed. We're, We're moved here. We're not what we used to be. We're not what we were. When you accept Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, for any one man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, old things have passed away. All things are what? New. We are a new creation in Christ. The new creation, the new Peter. Yes, he was still volatile. Yes, he still had a hot temper. But those things were changing, and those things were going about him. Joseph Peter, called Peter by name. In verse 43, it says, the following day, the very, very next day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Interesting. It's interesting, and I love this about Jesus. He never says the same thing twice, although he did say this to Matthew. He doesn't say the same thing. He doesn't come to people in the same way. It's not a, you can't open a box and say, this is the way Jesus acts. You can't put something out there and go, Jesus is going to act this way because this is the way he always acts. No. No. And I love those people who go, well, when I found the Lord, excuse me, it says right here that Jesus found Philip. The hound of heaven found Philip. The hound of heaven tracked me down and found me. Interesting. He says, come and see. And here he uses that Greek word that we looked at last week called akalatheo. It simply means to come and be my companion. Come and be my companion. What's he asking Philip to do? He's telling Philip to come and spend time with me. Come and get first-hand knowledge, first-hand experience of who I am. Hey, Philip, come and hang out for a while. Come and hang out in fellowship with me. And your life will change forever. Jesus wants people to follow him. Remember, following Jesus is the first step. We follow him. We must follow and believe upon Him whom God has sent. That's the first step. That born-again experience must follow Jesus and be born again. We follow Him. We learn of Him. And then we experience Him in our lives. And we become convinced He is who He says He is. He is who the Word of God says He is. He is the Son of God. He is God incarnate. He is God. And we believe that. And it becomes part of us. It becomes entrenched in us. And we become convinced. We get that first-hand experience. And when we get that first-hand experience, something happens. Look at 44. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the same city of Andrew and, and Peter. And Philip found Nathaniel, and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So, Philip, having this first-hand knowledge of Jesus now, cannot contain himself a pattern here, folks. There might not be a pattern with Jesus Christ, but there certainly is a pattern with those who believe in Him. There's a pattern. They can't contain themselves. They they know Jesus. They accepted Him. They experience Him. They see all He has done, and there comes a pattern. They want to tell somebody else. They want to go. And He can't rest until He finds somebody. And He goes and He seeks Nathaniel. And once again, He uses the same words as Andrew uses, we found Him. We Found him. And like I said, they really didn't find him. Jesus found them. But they said, We found him. We discovered him. We found out who he was. Philip's a newbie. Philip is a newbie in Christ. He's a new kid, but he seeks out Daniel just to tell him what a person the experience he had. Once again, Philip, just like Andrew, can't contain his excitement. He can't contain his excitement of what Jesus has done in his life. What an exciting time! When you spend time with Jesus, you will not be able to contain your excitement. It will overflow. Torrents of living waters will flow from you as you spend time with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Torrents of living water will flow out of you. You can't contain your excitement. And this is what happens now to Philip. We have no idea how long Philip spent with Jesus. doesn't say, so we can't surmise. But it was long enough to convince Philip that Jesus the Messiah, that Jesus was the Son of God, and it was enough to make him want to go tell others about it. I love Nathanael's answer. Nathaniel shows his true colors. Not quite sure what Philip was looking for, but there's a different response than what Andrew received. It's a different response. Look at verse 46. And Nathanael said to him, anything good come out of Nazareth? What a prejudicial response. He was showing his true colors. That shows you how well people from Nazareth were esteemed. They weren't. They were thought of as the lowest of low. They used to make jokes about them. Be careful, you become a Nazarene. Nobody wanted to be associated with what came from Nazareth. He reveals his disgust for the Galileans. He reveals his disgust and his prejudicial issues. I love Philip. I tell you what, when you've seen the Lord and you've had experiences with him and you are just on fire with him, nothing keeps you down. Nothing throws you off track. What did Philip do? Does he give up and go, well, okay, and walk away? Does he get discouraged? Does he get out his Bible and start preaching a message to Nathaniel? Does he tell them? No. He says two extremely important words and things that we need to look at, come and see. He now uses Jesus' own words to Nathanael, come and see. Instead of arguing with Nathanael about Nathanael's prejudice, he could argue with him, well, you know, it's not nice to be prejudiced. We should like everybody. Instead of arguing about this, about who won the election, about who did this and who did that, all... All Philip says is, Come and see. Come and see. Philip simply looks at Nathaniel and said, Come and see for yourself. Come and see. We've heard about the Messiah. We've heard about the coming King. And guess what, Nathaniel? We found him. Philip didn't preach. He didn't start condemning Nathaniel because Nathaniel had prejudicial issues. He didn't start. Doing that, he didn't start throwing the law against him. He didn't judge his actions. He didn't judge him. He invited Nathaniel to do one simple thing. Come and see. Come and see Jesus. Come and see him. Come and get first-hand knowledge and first-hand experience with the Messiah himself. Come, see for yourself. And after you talked with him, after you visited him, then Nathaniel, you decide. You decide. Because when it gets right down to it, folks, we all have to make that decision ourselves. We all have to make that decision ourselves. My most, my most I have so many most favorite passages in the Bible, it's ridiculous. I say that about every passage. But one of my most favorite passages in the Bibles is Matthew 16, when Jesus looks at his disciples and says, who do men say that I am? And they're thrown out, oh, some say you're John the Baptist reincarnated. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're that prophet. They're throwing out all these things. And Jesus cuts to the quick. No, 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 no. Who do you say I am? It's the inescapable question. It's the inescapable question that every one of you and every one of the world will have to answer one day. Who do you say Jesus is? See, It's for you to decide. Come and see. Come and see. Spend time with Jesus, and then you decide who he is. Because that's the question you're going to ask when you seek in heaven. What did you do with my son? Well, I heard he was a great prophet. Er, Wrong answer. Elevator down. Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? of course, you know our man, Peter. Our Christ, son of the Living God. Yeah, I said that. He even gets blessed by Jesus. Blessed are you. Simon Bar Jonah. I'm blessed. Cool. Five minutes later, Jesus is calling him Satan. Get behind me, Satan. That's our Peter for you. You gotta love him. You gotta love him, man. I tell you what, I relate to Peter so much. My gosh. Whew. Who do you say I am? He says. Who do you say I am? You meet with Jesus, you spend time with him, and then everyone must make a decision themselves. Who do you say he is? Come, Nathaniel, have this first hand of knowledge. Come see for yourself. All must decide for themselves who this Jesus is. And then as we read the rest of the chapter, beginning in 47, Jesus goes to Nathanael. He actually seeks out Nathanael himself. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathan said, Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Wow. Wow. An Israelite with no deceit. Actually, the the, the original King James says "No, no guile. No guile. And it's interesting because guile... Basically, when you translate it, it's Jacob. Guile, when you translate it, can mean Jacob. And what's interesting about it is Nathaniel is sitting under a fig tree. He's meditating on scriptures. He's meditating on scriptures. And the rabbi used to say, if you're under a fig tree, it meant you were meditating on scriptures. You were seeing the words of God. Jesus says, I saw you while you were meditating on scriptures. And then he uses in verse 21 this beautiful, beautiful description of what appears to be Jacob's ladder. Now, let's put this together. Some people wonder why Nathaniel was so quick to say, I believe. All right, he's sitting under a fig tree. He's studying Genesis. He's in the main part where Jacob and Jacob's ladder, and, and that whole thing in Genesis 28, that whole dream that Jacob has. Jesus talks about him. First of all, he says, of no guile. He talks about Jacob. Then he talks about angels descending and ascending upon the Son of Man. Nathaniel must go on, whoa, wait a minute. That's the exact portion of Scripture that I was looking at. That's the exact portion of Scripture that I was studying. How did you know that? Well, Light bulb, beam. You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. You are the Messiah. Jesus says, I see so much greater. So much greater. Jesus is saying, I'm the ladder. I'm the one where you can have access to God. I'm the one that ties heaven and earth together. You're going to see heaven open. You're going to see angels of God descending and ascending upon the Son of Man. So the Son of Man is the ladder that joins the earth. You remember the conversation that Job had with some of his friends? You know, Job and his really good friends. Some of his friends counseled him, and and they said, Look, man, you just got to get right with God. You just got to get right with God and all your problems will be over. Joe basically said, well, gee, thanks a lot, fellas. How do I do that? You tell me how to get right with God. Are you kidding me? How can I plead my case with God? He's so vast. He's so big. How can I plead my case to God? And then he says, there's no daysman to come between. There's no go between. And he uses the word daysman in the original King James. There's no daysman. And God fills the universe. We can't see him. How can I plead my case? There's no daysman. There's no mediator. That's not what Paul said to Timothy. is. It? Jesus is the mediator. Jesus is the daysman. Jesus is the go-between between man and God. Jesus is the mediator in 1 Timothy 2, 5, for there is one God and mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus filled that spot. That's what he was talking to Nathanael about. Nathanael, this is what he's going to see. Philip said to Nathanael, come and see. When Nathanael was there and he saw for himself and he talked to Jesus and Jesus explained these things and he was reading in Genesis anyhow, his mind was blown, he couldn't believe it. You are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. You are. It's interesting that in a couple of years when we get to chapter 4, or, yeah, really, we're going to read about the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman is a story that speaks to anybody who has a past. Now, I know all of you don't have a past, but I do. I have a past, all right? This lady had five divorces. She's lived with another guy. And she was not proud of it, but today in this time she met Jesus in chapter 4. And in verse 28 and 29, I want to show you what happens. What she says after spending time with Jesus, talking to him, listening to him. She runs back to the village and said, The woman left her water part, verse 28 of chapter 4, went her way into the city and said, What did she say? Come and see. Come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did Listen to her thought. Could this be the Christ? Could this be the Christ? Come and see. Make up your mind for yourself. Come and see a man who told me all things. I didn't think I was good enough for him. I don't know why he chose to be. All I wanted to do was get water. But guess what I found? I found everlasting life. I found everlasting life. You might be faced today with those who are hurting You might be faced with those today who might be caught up in the midst of a sin. You might be faced with those today in your lives who are rejecting Jesus Christ. Our job is not to condemn them. Our job is to lead them to Jesus Christ. Our job is not to preach to them. Our job is to love them. Our job is to love them. You might be asking, okay, how do I do that? how do I do that, Dave? I really want to know what to say. I want to know what to say to people. What do you say? You don't give them your thoughts. You don't give them your religion. You simply tell them one thing and one thing only. Come and see Jesus. Because why? Because only Jesus can turn around your life. Only Jesus can make your situation and make it good. Only Jesus can restore a marriage. Only Jesus can... Restore fellowship with your children. Only Jesus can heal. Only Jesus has healing power. He healed the blind. He made the deaf hear again. Only Jesus can save the sinner from hell. Only Jesus can reclaim the backslider and restore them to fellowship with God. Come and see. Three words. Come and see. Come and experience Jesus for yourself. Don't take my advice. Don't take my words for it. You come and you see. You experience Jesus. You have first hand knowledge of Him. You spend some time with Him. You pray. You see what He will do. Come and see. You don't come to see the pastor. You don't come to hear the music, although it's good. You're not coming to see who shows up. You're not here to take, well, they're not here. I guess I'm going to cross them off. Your neighbor may not be here on Sunday. The Sunday school teacher may be out this week. Your buddy who used to sit next to is playing hooky. He might be gone. But Jesus is here, and he's waiting for you to come in. Every single Sunday, he's here. He's waiting for you to come in and fellowship with him. All you have to do is say, come and see. Come and meet Jesus. The psalmist knew it. David knew it in Psalm 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. Spend some time with Him. See that He's good. Spend some time yourself. Psalm 66, verse 5. Come and see the awesome works of God. Come and see the awesome works of God. He is doing an awesome work in you and the lives of men and women all over. Come and see simple words that we never seem to get out of our mouths. Come and see. Come and spend time with the king, the creator of the universe. Simple, simple words. Simple words that have such power, have such meaning. Simple words that we forget. We think we have to be so eloquent. We think we have to get the Bible out and quote verse after verse after verse after verse. We think that that's what we need to say. And if that doesn't work, we take it and we hit him over the head with it. We think that's what we need to do. But all we need to do is introduce them to Jesus. Come and see. Come and see our Savior. Come and see our Lord. Come and see our God. Come and spend time with Him. Get first-hand knowledge yourself. See what would happen in your life. Challenge them. You've tried everything else in your life. You've put everything else in your body that could possibly be put in there and some things that shouldn't even don't belong. You've done all kinds of crazy things. Why don't you now give Jesus a try? I challenge you to do that. Come and see. Spend some time, true time, true heartfelt time with him and let him do in your life what he wants to do. I challenge you. Do that. Who do you say I am? Jesus asks. Everybody has to answer the question. Who do you say I am? Who do you say Jesus is? We want neighbors, family members, children, our children, neighbor's children, neighbor's people, we want them all to come and see Christ. As the days and times stick down in this hour of grace, this age of grace, we want them to come and experience what we've experienced in our heart. Maybe you haven't experienced that lately. Maybe you haven't experienced that joy. You know, there is joy in the Lord. There is love in His Spirit. There is hope in the knowledge of Him. That's a song. Maybe you haven't experienced that. We're going to do communion today. We're going to have communion. What a better time to sit before the Lord and get reunited with Him. Allow Him to wash over you and and touch you and, and show you wonderful things as we take the cup and as we eat the bread, as we look to the cross where everything was completed on the cross. It is finished. You are assured.
0: We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in John or jump to another book of the Bible. Each book gives some useful insight into God's plan for you and the world you live in. We trust that A Sure Hope is an encouraging program for you, and if you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us. If you happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to meet you in person for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m., and you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand. And we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us for this edition of A Sure Hope.